Please be aware, the subject matter, language, emotions, thoughts, and questions in this podcast are of a decidedly adult nature and should not be taken lightly or, well, with too much seriousness, as the point of this show is entertainment first and enlightenment second. So things might get a little uncomfortable, disturbing, frightening, and yes, in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens, to another episode of our Mental Moment podcast, here to help you think a little harder, look a little deeper, and apply all your curiosity and mental power into the world around you. I'm your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will seek to better ourselves and maybe our fellow human beings by exercising our minds and challenging ourselves to be better, to think deeper, and to tolerate a little more. This show is going to ask some hard questions, some profound questions, most likely some silly questions, and it's all in the name of giving the listener a mental moment, or as I call it, a momental. And today's question is, with all the mistakes in our judicial system, where do you stand on the death penalty? Wow, that's a pretty profound question. And today's question did come from a listener suggestion. To be fair, I've never really experienced a crime that has helped me form an opinion on this particular point. To be honest, I feel a little overwhelmed to think of having another person's life in the palm of my hand. And when I stop and think about it, I guess maybe that's the point of it, isn't it? Shouldn't we take this question very seriously and really try to understand the point of the death penalty? So my immediate thought, is who exactly gets to decide when a crime is deemed brutal enough for the death penalty to be applied. As always, I turned to research to help me form an opinion on the subject, and my first stop was to deathpenaltyinfo.org, which is a non-biased collection of information on the subject matter. Well, I started focusing on the why, and here's what they had to say about it, and I quote, Many states allow all of those who participated in a felony in which a death occurred to be charged with murder and possibly face the death penalty, even though they may not have directly killed anyone. The case of unarmed accomplices in a bank robbery in which an employee is killed is a typical example of felony murder. Since the death penalty is supposed to be reserved for the worst of the worst cases, legislatures or the courts could restrict its use only to those who directly participated in killing the victim. Well, now I understand that, and I guess I agree with, you know, if you directly cause the death, then you should be charged with it. But what about those people that, you know, are indirectly involved? Like the guy driving the car doesn't even know anybody has a gun. It's not fair for him to be charged with it and get the death penalty just because he's sitting in the car. I mean, sure, he did a bad thing, but does he deserve to die for driving the car? I'm not sure that I agree with it. Now, I get that a number of you will probably think, well, the Bible says an eye for an eye. But I don't know about you, but I kind of think that we've moved a little bit forward in the 2,000 years since someone decided to put that down in print. I mean, again... An eye for an eye leaves justice blind, doesn't it? See, I choose to believe that our justice system is one of the best systems in the world. But I'm the first one to say that it is far from perfect. This is evident from the number of appeals and overturned convictions for one reason or another. See, if we talk about justice, you have to look long and hard at our system of that justice. Our forefathers were, well, in a word, optimistic. 
They truly believed that utopia was attainable and not hard to get to. What they didn't account for was, well, the human factor. See, whenever you have an idea, there's always someone out there that believes that your idea is, well, stupid, bigoted, or unattainable. Add into this the human trait of paranoia and that knee-jerk reaction to reject any form of change, and you can see why the thought of utopia is nothing more than a pipe dream. But does that really mean that we shouldn't hope and try for something so perfect? Well, this thought brought me back to the you can't have good without evil, because how do you quantify it without something to measure it against, right? So how do we apply this to the death penalty? Well, I simply do understand a family wanting closure and justice for the loss of a loved one. But the question becomes, if you kill the person responsible for the death, is that really closure? And I think, how would I feel if someone hurt or killed someone I love, like my mom? Well, I'll be honest with you, there is no court in the world that could give me justice for losing my mother. Because causing someone else, somebody else's death isn't going to make me feel any better. Yes, it does keep them from being able to harm someone else's loved one, but does that really help me? No, it doesn't. In fact, if I'm being pretty truthful, I would prefer 30 minutes alone with that person to do what I think is right. You know, just handcuff them to a chair, make them immobile and unable to defend themselves, and let me get my own justice. That's right, Mom. If you're listening to this, rest assured, your little girl is sending the person that hurt you straight to hell minus a few limbs. But how does this make me feel morally superior? Truth is, it doesn't. In fact, it just goes to show that no matter how highly we think of ourselves, we are basically primitive. And what about the people that are convicted of crimes based on bias against their gender, their race, or their sexual orientation, their intellect, or even their status among our society. Now this is the part that makes me think that maybe the death penalty is wrong. See, there's no clear statute that sets up the prerequisites for applying the death penalty. There's really no rhyme or reason to it. It's more of a, I'm going to use this person as an example, or maybe a political feather in somebody's cap. And more often than not, it's geared toward the most vulnerable in this world. That's right, It's rare that you're ever going to see a white man of means on death row, well, unless he's maybe eaten somebody, or maybe eaten several somebodies. Nope, most often it's someone of color who didn't have a very good lawyer, or maybe an overworked lawyer, that didn't have time or the inclination to fight for their client. And this isn't because they don't care. Mostly, it's because the system doesn't care. The system sees that same person in and out of jail, and, well, they tack on extra charges just to make sure that this person really serves some time because they really believe that this person isn't innocent. And while that person is serving that time, there isn't any real rehabilitation. No, instead they're packed into these cells where they have to fight for their survival, and and in most cases, they're just desperate to make it to the end of their sentence alive. You know why? The criminals run the jails in this country, in case you didn't know it. So how can you hope to send someone to jail and think that they're going to come out on the other end a better person? In most cases, they just learn how to be a better criminal, and the cycle starts again. 
Then, when they do get out, they are ostracized by everyone, given very little hope or ambition to try and make a better life for themselves. In most cases, their only chance of feeding themselves and their family, well, is to turn back to a life of crime. So, how do we fix it? Well, I don't have the answers, but I'm willing to give it a shot. First, I think the system has to be reevaluated. When a person has an appeal, I think that every great attorney should take on an appeal. That's right. Every high-priced, slick, well-dressed attorney should be assigned an appeal. That way, no criminal can say, I didn't have a good defense. If you had a crappy lawyer, you know that your second go-round, you're going to have someone who really can try to help you. And now, since we have a good second attorney, there shouldn't be any more chances unless there is some real new evidence, which, if you have a good second attorney, should almost never happen. All right, well, that's number one. Well, now that the states are saving money on multiple trials, the next step is the punishment phase. Hmm. I, for one, think that prison should actually be a punishment. So, instead of death row, I think we had it right with Alcatraz. We just need to elaborate a little more. There shouldn't be television, internet, and all of that. I think you should be made to think about the crimes that you've committed and forced to pay for those crimes. And that means no luxury. You don't want to be a law-abiding citizen? Great! Then you get none of the perks for being a citizen. An island where you you can't get on or off of without permission. See, there's really no need for guards, just the inmates fending for themselves. And they get a monthly stipend of food, so guess what? Let them figure it out. Only the strongest survive, right? And I know you guys are thinking, oh yeah, that's not going to work because the the inmates are going to kill each other. Well, yeah, I kind of thought of that too. So, when the monthly food comes, there's a head check. If anyone is missing or dead, and it's not from natural cause or disease, then guess what? Everybody on the island gets another year. This way, if you want off the island, you need to make sure that everyone survives the island. Someone dies from the elements? Well, you didn't help them make a place to ride out the elements, so you get another year. Some poor skinny guy didn't get any food? Well, yep, you guessed it. You didn't help him to eat? You get another year. You don't like the color of his skin or maybe his religion? Guess what? You get another year. Now, the inmates have to make sure that All of the inmates make it through. And you know what? It also makes them realize that to be a member of society, guess what? You have to work together. Now, how's that for some rehabilitation, right? And I know that there's at least one bleeding heart among you that says, you know what, Nicole? This is unconstitutional. Well, if you commit a crime like murder or human trafficking or torture, and even in some cases rape, Don't you actually forfeit your right to your constitutional rights? I mean, shouldn't that be the first form of punishment? You decided you don't want to be in this society and you went against the laws of this society. Then why do you get to claim those same laws when you've gotten caught? Yeah, I don't think so. So for me, I think the death penalty is a cop out. I think someone that is truly guilty of a heinous crime like murder and all of those other ones and they've gotten an appeal with a gifted attorney and they're still found guilty, 
then I think they should spend every single minute of every single day feeling the weight of what they have done and they should be made to pay for it. There shouldn't be a cop out. They shouldn't be able to die and forget about it. No, I want you to remember every single minute, every single day that you hurt somebody that I loved and I want you to die, but you get to live every day thinking that way. There shouldn't be any special visits or any comfortable cells or any entertainment of any kind. No comforts and no special places. You should have to fend for yourself and you should have to work to be a member of this society again. Now, mind you, all of this is specifically for those violent and serial offenders. We still have our regular prisons for our regular offenders, but now, instead of, you know, all those extra things that they have, the prisons get to be cleaned and cared for and maintained by the prisoners themselves. No more sitting around being cared for by guards and whatnot. There's no more television and no more internet. You do your time, and if you deserve it, you get to rejoin society. If not, Well, you know what? There's an island out there just for you. Okay, I know I'm being a little bit extreme, but I think we should do a little little bit more to punish these people that decide they don't want to live within our society norms and a little less worrying about their feelings getting hurt. All right, my darlings, I hope you love today's show, and I hope that you'll meet me back here next time for another Momental. If you have suggestions or comments, you can reach me and the show at mo.mentalpodcast at gmail.com. Love you, my heathens. I'll see you next time. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.